Welcome to the Economy Wellbeing Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Anelsky. My next guest is Lauren Duffy. Lauren Duffy took a very different path from the generational doctors in his family. He comes from a family of physicians, and but he took a different path as he chose to explore his more artistic side of life and artistic skills he had. During grade school and through college, he studied music with a foundation in business. And then after college, he traveled and toured in a band for six years, playing the drums before eventually landing in real estate. He has been a licensed real estate agent for 20 years and has been investing in real estate even before that. His passion for many years was to build and design homes using 100-year-old Baltimore row homes as his canvas. He has a unique creative style using salvage wood details. People lined up to purchase them. Ten years ago, he was opened up to the energetic arts, and that has definitely been his passion ever since. He's met people like Tony Robbins, which have changed his life, and I think he's impacted Tony's life. He strives to spread the word of different healing methods that are available to everyone to use. This has resulted in his recent website that he's been developing called Karma Hub. Prior to COVID, he co-hosted a healing circle at a wellness center once a month, experiencing different modalities for himself. These days, selling real estate is his day job, and Karma Hub is his night job. Lauren lives in Baltimore. He feels he's currently living with passion. I hope you enjoy this conversation with Lauren Duffy from his home in Baltimore, talking about well-being and medicine. I would think that Lauren would be defined as a well-being physician. Thanks for joining me. I'm your host, Mark Anelsky. Well, you know, I, I think my story is really about, um, well, recently I've developed this passion to help people become more aware of uh, the possibilities that are available to them. And, and I think the, the reason I've latched onto that so much is because, so I, I grew up in a, a pretty, uh, well, my, my father was a doctor, his father before him. Um, was also a doctor and on my mother's side and even ex-wife's side, there's a lot of people in the medical community. So I've, I've always been in a family that uh, is there to serve. Of service. Thank you. Yeah. And uh, service. Yeah. But I, you know, I went a very different direction. Um, I, you know, I'm, I'm a drummer. I'm a musician. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm very artistic. Yeah. Um, and I never had any ambition to um, be a doctor. Um <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I love the fact that, you know, he served and I admired what my father did. Um, but, you know, I, I, I go by the beat of my own drum, so to, the, so to speak, right? <laughs> I love it. Um, so I actually did music all, all through grade school and college and um, even studied it at, at college. Um, with you know a little little business background, I figured I need some some something to uh, so, uh, fall back on. So you studied music and and business as a minor. I did. Interesting. I did. Music was my minor too. Uh, Is that right? Minor to economics, yeah. and uh, and so was German, my other minor. Yeah. Oh wow. Okay. So 
I, I love the fact that you studied music and I did just for, just for the heck of it because it was an elective. Gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, right out of uh, college, I ended up uh, traveling with a band for six years. I, I toured with them for um, six years. We, you know, we were on the cusp, but, but it, it takes a lot to get over that cusp. Regardless, <laughs> great six years of my life. I got into real estate. I've been doing real estate now for just over uh, 20 years as a licensed real estate agent and an investor um, and a rehabber. I did find some of my artistic gifts. Um, they kind of surfaced when I got into design and uh, creation of, of homes um, and renovations. Uh-huh. And, and, and that, you know, that, that definitely was my passion for a number of years. And a lot of money, I bet. <laughs> I, well, you know what? There was definitely a roller coaster. I went from sleeping on floors um, <laughs> and couches in the band to in five years, I had 20, 20 units, over 20 units, and moved into a waterfront home, did really well. And then, of course, you know, the market crashed, and I, I rode that roller coaster, you know, way up, and yeah. I rode that roller coaster <laughs> way, way down, down. <laughs> way down. Yeah. And, um, so pretty much lost all my finance. I mean, I had, I could have retired and, and then <laughs> Sounds like two, me. Could have, but... two years later. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Right. Timing's everything. I, I timed <laughs> it all everything. wrong. <laughs> Pain's a good teacher. Um, it is. And that was kind of my, that's what stepped me off of that, that ledge. The, uh, you know, um, cause then I, you know, I got a divorce all everything kind of hit the fan what had a divorce and it was just a really rough time for me um i had been going to tony robbins from time to time and he always really inspired me that's right we, we've talked about your experience with tony and yes so yes right now you're you're in baltimore correct right did you grow up in baltimore i grew up on the eastern shore um cambridge maryland nice yeah it's it a great place to be my father was Actually, the only full-time pediatrician in the in Dorchester County for for almost twenty years. So I, I didn't see a whole lot of him. He worked a lot, and he, you know he helped a lot of people. And uh, right, that was always inspiring. But again, once again, not something I wanted to do. <laughs> so so here you are forced into some interior renovations, and uh, how's that going? you know, it's, it had been going very well. Um, so after the market started picking up, I, I dove into that a lot more. And even though I went through uh, quite a rough time in real estate, um, I excelled in uh, the renovation and development and, um, you know, in design, mm. um, you know, but recently I've kind of been inspired to go a little different direction. Um, a little bit of, you know, what we had talked about. Mm. Um, so at the, at the moment, I, as of last January, just, you know, just before COVID, things were going a little strange in the market. So I decided not to buy any more homes, um, not to renovate any more homes, to focus on other ventures. And my other ventures were, um, you know, to kind of help spread the word of possibility of healing methods and modalities. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, so that's, that's kind of where my passion is right now. It's definitely where my passion is right and, now. And uh, your platform you launched, uh, what is your platform that you've launched pre-COVID, just before COVID? It was just before COVID, yes, called Karma Hub. 
with two B's. So H-U-B-B, Karma Hub. Um, Why two B? Yeah. Well, bringing business to business, person to person, bringing people together. It is a hub. Mm. Um, Relational hub. Yes. So yeah. it's a learning channel. Right. So that the signs of happiness says uh, 40% of our happiness is derived from our relationships that we have with one another. Um, so you see this as a platform for um, building relationships. Um, and Absolutely. what is the desired outcome of those relationships in your mind? Well, um, you know, to actually help connect, connect people with other people that can heal them in whatever way they need to be healed, you know, um, physical, mental, emotional. Um, and that's happening more often. I'm really, really excited about that. Um, a friend of mine came to me recently and she's worried about cancer and she is not about going to chemo and a lot of the more conventional ways that, you know, some would argue that it's not a good way to go, you know, yeah. um, <laughs> It is, and <laughs> and I have the resources to be able to direct her, and, um, and you know, and it it was very helpful to her, and I think it's going to put her on the right path, and it's quite amazing hearing this other doctor. I mean, he is the M an MD that I referred her to, but just someone that maybe thinks on his his own terms and not necessarily, um, you know, what a pharmaceutical company is recommending, right? <laughs> um, and so, I mean, that's one of, you know, that's one example of many to come. And as time goes on, that will become a regular component of how people get uh, connected with the right people and how I can help in a way that my family has helped people in the past. I mean, I'm not going to be doing the one doing, I'm not going to be the one administering um, the treatments necessarily, but I am going to be able to refer them to other people that can. And I think that's important. So it's an interesting theme because sometimes I would describe myself as the well-being doctor um, that, you know, communities will hire me to, or sometimes a business, but rarely a business, which is interesting in itself um, to assess, uh, do a diagnostic of the well-being, uh, mental, physical, emotional, spiritual, even. Um, right. And prepare a report as if you were going to, for your, you know, annual checkup to your GP. Um, and I've always thought that it's interesting. You can do all the, the technical diagnostics of blood pressure and blood work, but it's the subjective part of that well-being um, that I think is more interesting. Uh, so my GP was always great at asking before, of course, doing the blood pressure testing, but how are things going? How's your life? How's your book? How's your marriage? How, how are your kids? And all those little checkups are emotional proxies of my spiritual well-being in part. Um, so it sounds like what you're doing in your family history is you're, you're a well-being doctor in a way as well um, in service to help others achieve maybe or pursue their genuine happiness, which uh, yes. often remind people that happiness in Greek is the well-being of your soul. That's what it means at least it, even Aristotle had to admit that was the definition in Greek, but uh, <laughs> I think we've gone a bit off the rails a bit on that definition of happiness, but yes. 
what are your what are your insights in this whole realm and, and maybe in the context of you've had some experiences with Tony Robbins and I think he's a remarkable human being who's helped a lot of people transcend their their woundedness their yes their pain their suffering um, wherever that came from um so what's your question I'm sorry <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. There wasn't a question. I was just going on <laughs> as I sometimes can. Uh, just a point of reflection on uh, maybe the question is you've spent time with Tony Robbins and we've talked about how you see him delving yes. into these other aspects. You know, we've talked about consciousness and um, what is consciousness. <clears throat> Interesting conversation, but you you're getting new insights into maybe just talk about how what you're doing is maybe similar to what, Tony Robbins's gift seems to be in terms of helping people. Well, I, that's quite a compliment. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, yeah. So Tony Robbins really helped me open my eyes. I mean, every large decision I ever made has more or less been inspired by Tony Robbins in the sense that he's always got me to step out of my comfort zone. Mm. Um, you know, the things that I preach these days are, um, not necessarily out of the ordinary, but a, not, a part, not a part of a lot of people's belief systems. And I feel like I can relate to, so, you know, I, I've told people about these other things, these other possibilities, but I can relate to them or they can relate to me in the sense that none of this was part of my belief system in the past, like muscle testing and we're all connected. And, um, <laughs> you know, th there's so... <clears throat> All this woo-woo um, stuff, really. All this woo-woo stuff. Um, <laughs> and it definitely wasn't part of my belief system until I went to, well, you know, Tony Robbins. There was one event, one particular weekend. And the first day I got there, they were doing muscle testing. And it just totally blew my mind. I'm like, how is this possible? And I, I challenged that. I was working with this one person. We started with stones. Um muscle testing them and how is this working? And then phones and I could feel <laughs> in my body how bad the phone was, phone for, was for your body. Yeah. Energetic. Yeah. And then she started uh, working with intentions. I'm like, what do you mean intention? Like how, how is that going to do it? Um, so we would pull intentions out of a hat or let other people do that. And it would be a good intention or a bad intention. And they would project that intention my way. And I would either test strong or positive depending on, what intention they were pulling out of the hat. Fascinating. So throughout the whole, it was like a four, four day weekend. Um, I was, was challenging this and, and testing this every possible way. Cause I'm, I am artistic, but I'm also fairly analytical. I'm, I'm definitely logical. I would consider myself logical and, um, yeah, music and skeptical. Is, music is mathematical, logical in some ways. Yeah, absolutely. I, I agree with you. Um, so I was really testing the waters. Um, and then, you know, the speaker came in, um, his name was Stu, Middle, Stu Middleman. And he started talking about muscle testing, like as if we all should already know what it is. Um, he's like, <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't put anything in my body until I muscle test it. He says, I set all sorts of uh, world records. I run from California. Like one time he ran from California straight through and showed up on the morning show in New York. <laughs> Um, and, and he can do that because he muscle tests his, he knows what food is most congruent for his body. And yeah. he just, he just got up in front of the, 
crew members, um, which I was a part of at Tony Robbins, I wasn't a participant. I was there in support of the participants. And it's just talking about this, like we should know what it is. And I hadn't even been presented with this until like hours before, or maybe it was the day before. Interesting. Yeah. Um, and then there were some people there that were doing Reiki. Of course, I didn't know what Reiki was. Um, <laughs> I, my, I, blew, I blew my knee out. And this girl noticed. She came up to me and she says, hey, uh, can I help you with your knee? I'm like, uh, um, sure. I mean, she was very attractive. So I wanted her to help me with my knee, right? <laughs> I wanted a hug. <laughs> <laughs> so um, she actually called two other friends over. So there was these three very attractive ladies and they were hovering around my knee and I guess projecting energy to my knee <laughs> and <right? laughs> um, and my knee felt a whole lot better. Uh, the pain was going away. I also had some um, visions that were occurring, which were mind blowing. I didn't understand any of that, but from then on for the rest of the weekend, um, as someone in my, in my position might do, I referred them as to them as the three witches of Eastwick. Um, they, they were the good witches, right? <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah. but nonetheless, I mean, this is not something that people could do or that I knew that they could do. Um, right, right. Looking back, I mean, this is something really that everybody can do, this project this energy on some level. Um, and then, so one of the craziest things that happened was there was this, as the weekend went on, I was starting to open my eyes. I mean, that metaphorical sledgehammer had hit me pretty hard. Right. Mm. Um, and then there was this person that was doing energy work and I knew she was doing energy work on this person. And that person, I, I, I went up to her and I was like, Hey, I'm in the middle of a divorce. <laughs> I have a lot of stuff going on. I, I, I see you're doing some really strange stuff to this person here. And I, it seems as if he likes what's going on. Can you, can you give me some of that? Can I have some method and, adjustment here? <laughs> yeah. And, and she looks at me and a little annoyed and she looks at me and she says, I'll give you 30 seconds of my time. <laughs> I'm like, Oh, that's, that's nice. I kind of rolled my eyes a little bit. And I remember this very clearly. She stood in the doorway. Um, I looked at her. And I got lost in her eyes. I got sucked into her eyes. Her face started kind of distorting. I mean, it, it, it was truly distorting. And I fainted. Whoa. Like, like I, and I, I don't faint. I'm not a fainter. That's just not something <laughs> I, I do. I just don't faint. Right. <laughs> um, but there was a chair next to me. And I, I mean, I, I truly fainted. And I caught myself on the chair. And I pulled myself back up. And my shoulders felt lighter. The war, It's like the world had just... Um, you know, everything bad that had been piling up, it just wiped away. The feeling of freedom and bliss came over my body. And that stayed with me for months. Wow. Um, it was the strangest thing that's ever happened to me. Um, strangest single mm. phenomenon. And, you know, since then, you know, I've been exploring a lot of the energetics and. Um, and how, when I, was that, Lauren? How, how many so years? So this was all, this was all of the course of one weekend at Tony Robbins. And what year? This was, this was, well, 10 years ago. 10 so, years ago. Mm -hmm, 10 years wow. ago. Wow. So really not that long ago. I, again, this was, none of this was part of my belief system. Yeah, yeah. I, 
if it was, if it was, I probably wouldn't refer to those women as, as witches. <laughs> right? But it, for me, it's interesting because I, I was introduced to, um, and it'll be strange because I don't usually talk about this on the show, but muscle testing by my naturopathic doctor who uh, I went to visit for the first time just to, I just, I was wanted to tweak my diet. You know, I was, right. there's nothing wrong with me. I just thought, oh, I'm going to go see this Wayne Steinke fellow and naturopathic doctor. And, and he, uh, I walked out of there with two books. <laughs> wow. One yeah. was uh, Power Versus Force by David R. Hawkins. Uh, and the other was Love Without End by Glenda Green, uh, Texas portrait artist. Both books changed my life. Um, and I, wow. I read them side by side because Hawkins talked about this notion of consciousness and, and muscle testing. And, and Steinke had taught me that when he assesses a patient's dietary profile, he will use muscle testing. I said, well, what's that? It's like, well, it's the way of discerning the body knows energetically what's good for it and what's not good for it. You could call it your gut feel even. You know, you could pick up an orange or an egg and say, if you listen to your body, it's telling you this egg or not that egg. Right. Went, As a measurement person, that intrigued me a lot you're saying we basically have the ability to discern what's good for us and not good for us. What's true and not true. If that's true. Wow. That changes the whole diagnostic protocol that, that, you know, we have the tricorder doctor, you know, Dr. Spock. Right. Exactly. <laughs> We're old enough. Like, wait a minute. McCoy was right. <laughs> he yeah. did have a tricorder and we are the tricorder. And then, then, so that, that was uh, that's like 15 years ago when I was introduced. To okay, all and I pursued that quietly myself, um, but then I got into understanding when I read the I Ching, when I went to China, when I started to study the Taoist traditions and masters, when I started to do Qigong and first Tai Chi, and then Tai Chi was like, oh no, it's too many moves. It's more martial art than, but Qigong is simple, eight moves, right? And you see these Chinese. Taoist masters healing energetically, literally without touch, just it's it's just Reiki, right? right. Um, wow, wait a minute. Everything's energy, everything's frequency, everything is vibrating with love, everything is of course that's what we're we're hardwired to be. And for me, that was my awakening too. And similar to you, it's like at first it's like, no, I'm not sure I trust any of this. But then it's like, wait a minute, we're all capable. As this man said, we're, it's innate to us. Um, and so, yeah, we were taught in different, maybe Western science or uh, those, you know, the, the Western, the allopathic med medical route. But the Chinese have known this. They've, they've known acupuncture and the energetic ley lines in your body and the chakras and all that stuff, which I think we were taught was kind of woo-woo stuff, but I don't think it is. I think it deserves our attention uh, or respect at least. Absolutely. I agree. Yeah. So um, after that particular weekend, I definitely went home also diving into the books, um, books about science, um, you know, like biology, belief that we spoke a little bit about. Mm, Dr. Bruce um, but I, I really, I really tried to make sense of it in a scientific way. Um, you know, I had experienced it on you know, very high level. And I, again, I was in an, ama an amazing state 
uh, for, for months after you're blissed out <laughs> because I looked into this lady's eyes and I got sucked in and then I fainted. Right. <laughs> oh, it's crazy. Can I marry you? No, just kidding. <laughs> yeah, really. yeah. Um, so when I came back, I actually, you know, my, my broker, he was into a little bit. I knew he was a little into spiritual or woo woo stuff. So I talked to him about it and he is a friend of mine. I mean, he's a fairly close friend of mine. He, you know, he had never bought me any gifts prior or even after this particular event. But when I, when I talked to him, I was like, you know, this has happened. This is what I experienced. And he, a day later, came up to me. He says, hey, um, I got you something. And so a week after that, he took me to um, this Reiki master. And, you know, I, I figured maybe I, I would get... I would get some Reiki work done to me because that's what I was starting to experience now for the first time ever, ever, you know, some mm-hmm. energy work, mm-hmm. but no, the strangest thing, and none of this makes sense to me. Well, <laughs> you know, I do believe that we're meant to be on a particular path. And I think maybe I needed more than that one metaphorical sledgehammer of Tony Robbins. And I needed another one and I needed <laughs> to embody some of this craziness, right? How you needed the cosmic two by four. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, so he, uh, he did not buy me a Reiki session. What he bought me was an attunement or an activation. I didn't really even know what the stuff was. I wasn't even sure I really believed. I mean, I guess I believed in it, but now yeah. but I, didn't un- I certainly didn't understand it. I couldn't even pronounce the word right. So, <laughs> and yet I'm now being attuned to potentially be a practitioner, right? Wow. Um, so he, he pays for this first session. I get attuned in Reiki. And I guess it opens up your energy fields and allows you to emit or I, I don't really still understand it. All, <laughs> right. Um, but at the end of the session, um, this lady who gave me the attunement, she was very nice, very knowledgeable. Um, and she said, look, you know, my guides, my people, the, the people that I kind of consult up in the ethers, you see a bunch <laughs> of weird stuff. He says, they're saying that you need a Reiki too. Um, I know your friend paid for this. I know you're going through hard times right now and it's on the house. And you know, it's a couple hundred dollar fee typically, right? Sure, yeah, yeah. So um, anyway, about three weeks later, I came back and she gave me, you know, I was like, sure, you know, this is is all very weird to me, but you're very nice. I'm going to, I'll do it. So I came back a couple weeks later and got my Reiki too. Um, and which opens up your energetics once again, makes you more sensitive. Um, about two weeks after I got my attunement, um, I started becoming hypersensitive to elect- electromagnetic fields. Wow. Um, and it started becoming very uncomfortable. Like if I was under a fluorescent light bulb, if I was around and too close to a uh, television or, or a router a microwave or, or microwave you know, yeah. tra- transformers you find on, on the streets. Like I'd walk down um, a street and I'd start feeling very strange and find one of those transformers, you know, just one thing after another. And it really actually got really bad. Um, and so hmm. I went to my father, right. Cause he's a doctor. <laughs> of course. Go to your father. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And I said, you know, I think I'm, I'm going crazy. Uh, I don't, I don't <laughs> I don't know what's going on, but you know, I, you know, oh, by the way, can you please turn that light off because you got a fluorescent light in there? He says, how do you I know? I told you, son, don't go to a Reiki master. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I had, 
you know, even, even fluorescent bulbs were, were bothering me. Um, and I had a bunch of rentals at that time. And a number of weeks prior, I had set up with the Baltimore Gas and Electric Company to um, I had them take part in a, a program and they equipped all the houses, all my rentals with uh, fluorescent light bulbs to save them money, right? Because that makes good economic sense. Oh gosh, the oscillation must have driven you nuts. And you know, I was I was really upset because I'm like, you know, I, Dad, I could feel this light bulb. I could feel this. <laughs> I could feel this. And and you know, two weeks ago or a couple weeks ago, I um, filled all of my rentals with fluorescent light bulbs, and now I know that they're not good for you because you know when I walk next to one, I I get a headache. I mean, it's like it it really hurts. Um, so he, he's just, you know, I am completely and totally overwhelmed. And he, I'm sure, is very overwhelmed as well. And But no, he agreed with me. He says, yeah, I think you are going crazy. <laughs> yeah. So, yes, yeah. going mad. Um, <laughs> anyway, so, uh, you know, a, a, about two months later, I went back to Tony Robbins and I started asking people about this. And um, I was taken to one of the guys at the top of Tony Robbins, uh, Michael Morningstar. He's a military dude that heads up a lot of the organization. And I told him what was going on. And of course he has his headset on and he's um, organizing this, all these details for Tony Robbins. It's a big event, you know, many thousands of people. And he's like, he turns to me real quick and he says, come with me. Um, <laughs> we, walk, <laughs> we walk quickly out to this fountain in front of this huge hotel where everything's taking place. And, you know, meanwhile, he's, still directing, uh, directing and ordering people around at the Tony Robbins event on his headset. And we finally, he finally stops and we're next to this fountain. And he looks at me, he says, put your feet in there, put your hands in there. <laughs> Ground yourself. <laughs> I was like, what? He says, what? Just, just do it. Put your feet and stuff, put, put it in the fountain. And I did. <laughs> and I felt so much better. And I was like, what is this about? Like, ground yourself. And, you know, he didn't spend much time. He was a very busy man, right? In the military, you know, he's, he's a military guy. Yeah, he's like, but, um, but, you know, it was, it was a thing, you know, and this was some, for whatever reason, these lessons were getting pounded and pounded into me. Mm. Um, I have no idea why my buddy who's never, ever given me a gift gives me the gift of not getting a Reiki treatment, but getting me attuned why would he give me a tune? And then why would the Reiki master say, Hey, my guides are saying I should do this for free when I normally I charge hundreds of dollars to do this for a, a Reiki too. And then I turn around and get hypersensitive to, and it is an allergy. I mean, I've read plenty of papers mm. on what I was experiencing and there are, you know, it's considered an allergy. It's an allergic reaction, hypersensitivity to electric mag magnetic, magnetic EMF. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and for, you know, even a long while, I, I couldn't use um, wireless in the house and, um, you know, but it, it did subside. Um, I still remain sensitive to it, but I cannot deny that. You experienced I, it. I experienced it. I, I currently do experience it and it, it exists. It's real. And I never will be able to dismiss that. And um, I feel like people need to know the opportunities that come with this reality. What from a so from a kind of science, if you can, perspective, uh, I mean, you're not the first person I, I've talked to who is sensitized. Uh, I, I like the fact that you describe it as an allergy 
because we have a rea reaction to EMF. So some people can't have a clock radio next to their head. You know, uh, we probably shouldn't be sleeping with their or phones on next to our head. Um, all these things. So there's some people who are hypersensitized and now they're freaking out about 5G and all of that, yes, what that's going to do to us. So um, right. uh, how do you make sense of it? I mean, uh, on, I guess, from a science perspective, but if you had your dad's hat on, um, because I too am sensitive, I can't stand beside a microwave oven when it's on. Um, so I, I get those kind of, <clears throat> we call it spiritual energetic headache. I never get headaches. So uh, I know that experience as well. I'm not as sensitized. And so that's, I guess the question and follow up on that is what makes you less sensitized now, do you think? Um, well, you know, according to this doctor that treats many patients with this type of sensitivity, you know, it is an allergy. And when your body gets an overwhelm or has too much of a single thing or um, just gets to its, its limits, it starts to become hypersensitive to things that maybe it wouldn't normally be hypersensitive to. Mm. Um, in my case, you know, I guess my body opened up to, to, to the Reiki energy um, and it was just too much and it became hypersensitive to, uh, you know, different frequencies for a, a large period, you know, for, for a while, for a couple months. Mm. But um, did she, <clears throat> I have a question because uh, I've also studied the auric, uh, auric fields and all the chakra stuff is, would she have said that part of the realignment was in part expanding your own auric field um, and it's, it's, it's breadth and depth um, because, and therefore you're set actually more, you think, well, yes. why would you be more sensitized if your auric field is wider and broader? Uh, but it's, it makes sense in, in my mind that that might be the response you would have. Um, well, the, sh the way she responded, um, talked about it was we have a, a column of light that kind of goes down our body and the heart it's the chakras, the heart line that goes through your body. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And with this, it opens it up more and more. So with mm. each attunement, it makes that light that those energetics, um, that they can move more freely through your body. Right. Right. Um, and with that, I guess you, uh, you know, yeah, your org field and everything kind of just expands a bit more. Your <clears throat> energy, the right. movement of the energy, your chakras, it all expands mm -hmm. a bit more. Mm -hmm. And like my body wasn't used to that. So it started becoming a little sensitive to that. And <clears throat> I think you and I, <clears throat> excuse me, are, are probably a sensate men. Um, I, I would guess. Right. <laughs> I definitely was from the very beginning. <laughs> Never really liked playing football with the guys, but it was okay. Right. You know? right. But uh, maybe having sisters. So, but it's interesting that I'm, I, I find myself more effeminate, I guess, or sensitized mostly actually more to women than to men. Um, not because, you know, it's, but it is an interesting attribute to that sensitivity. Yes. Yeah. So 
This is all. But it's, a, it's been yeah, it's been an interesting ride, and now I'm I just want to be able to as someone that didn't believe in any of this stuff, and now as someone who completely and totally believes in it and sees the benefits of it, and also being in a background of just um, helping and serving, um, you know, a family of who helps and serves, mm-hmm. um, I would like to be able to do that in a you know kind of a similar capacity, but not necessarily with medicine, but with energetics. So you're, you're my, uh, I think, fifth guest this week. And there's a common thread with my guests. And it's not because they're, they're all American, but uh, I would say the common thread is service. Uh, people want to be coaches. They came out of, you know, the marketing world in New York, like great job, great marriage falls apart. Um you know, waking up at 40 years of age, kind of the bottom of your happiness curve, 45, right? And then uh, coming to feel, I want to be in service now to others. Um, as a, Instead of what can I get out of this? How can I help? Um, and I, I think that's a remarkable thread running through these conversations. Um, and then you say, gosh, how many, how many life coaches are out there? Like right. there's so many people <laughs> just wanting to help my neighbor or, or, or provide me you know, some tips on life. Um, it's almost overwhelming. feels like there's too many of you. Like there's, right. <laughs> uh, there's not enough, you know, GP licenses for uh, well-being doctors, but uh, maybe that's not true. Um, so I, I'm fascinated by this because it's, this is the economy of well-being. So when we flip this whole thing, you know, the economy is mostly being geared towards self-interest, you know, wealth maximization, GDP growth. Uh, and you're flipping this back and saying, wait a minute, what if life is about the gifts that we have, um, the sharing of those gifts, reciprocity, um, giving, service? I think Mother Teresa said, the, you know, the fruit, the fruit of, uh, of service is peace, right? And uh, so that's what we all long for, I think, is peace. So what, yes. what gives you hope? Um, which is usually my last question. I mean, as an American, we're in this kind of dystopian <laughs> reality right now. Right. What gives you hope from through your through your eyes and your your heart for uh, the next the next quarter, the next chapter in this story? Well, I, I know everything's a bit chaotic right now with COVID, and I believe. To me, I believe that just leads to opportunity. There's so many people out there searching, trying to figure out why. That they're actually doing a little research and they're forcing themselves to step out of their comfort zone, um, whether it's something they're taking upon themselves to do or because they've lost their job and everything is just in crisis mode and they're having to do it. Um, they're doing it, it's happening. Mm. And, and with that, things change. Growth, and yeah, through pain, the growth, growth is happening. Right. And I, I think, I, you know, I hope, I believe um, that it's going to be a good change on the back end. So that's interesting because I, I too th- have seen COVID as a, it's like the pause button has been on for quite a while now. Um, but it's a, it's a grace. It's a opportunity examines one's conscience, uh, life, you know, 
why why was I pursuing this job or money or why was I stressed about this one? Right. Sort of are taking care of themselves. Sure, there's fear and anxiety about the the virus, but um, but I find that the the fruit of this crisis is is exactly that an opportunity to rethink um, our lives, but also our economy and the big picture. Well, thanks, Lauren, yes. for being my guest today. I really enjoyed that, it. Thank you was, so much. That was lively and, as always, fun. <laughs>